Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. We are so glad you've chosen to join us today. You know that we have been running on this show as the Everyday Heroes for a long time, and we are in the process of a rebrand. And so welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Uncaped Heroes for today. And we are still on the same quest. We spend time searching this, this wide world over in search of heroes true. And, I mean, we have had the most wonderful conversations with the most wonderful people from all over the world that carry this amazing light. And that's what we're here for, is just to shine light on the amazing people in this world that do great things. I'd love to bring in my co-host, Kathy Holland. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. I'm super excited about our guest today. How are you? Oh, I am so well. You know, I have such a great time meeting the people that we've gotten to meet. I mean, who would have thought in the last 90 days I would have gotten to travel all over the world from the comfort of my living room to have these wonderful conversations. And I just continue to be amazed and inspired that we're never going to run out of heroes. How about you, Cass? What do you think? I don't think we'll ever run out. 153 quotes later, we haven't had one the same. So I don't think we'll ever run out. I think it's a gift. And, and I love being able to just add hope and add light to a world that the system would have you believe that this really dark and, and dreary place. And really it's not. It is fed by this amazing light. And I'm going to tell you, we've got a source of that light with us today that is fabulous. She shines this energy. You can just hear it in her voice so you know she sparkles when you see her. And I can't wait to introduce her. So if you're ready, let's bring in our guest. I would love to introduce you ladies to Dwan. Bent Swafford. Hello, Dwan. How are you today? Hey, I'm so good, Stacey and Kathy. I'm thrilled to be with you all today. We are super excited to have you. <laughs> I put a lot of work in today's talk. I was like, I have to. She's going to make me think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's one of the goals that we have. Is we, we like to lay out what we call mind candy. You know, and just little pieces of information that people can chew on and think about and resonate with and really kind of figure out how that plays into their life and if it does. And uh, if you just plant the seed, right, then that, that, hope, that hope lives. So we are so excited. I love your One, concept of uncaped heroes. I'm excited to be an uncaped hero. You know, everybody, everybody is someone's hero. And if you never take a moment to recognize the impact and the ability that you have to positively influence the people around you, I, I, what a struggle, right? Because it's so mm-hmm. there. And, and that, that hero is in all of us if we just get led to believe so. Mm-hmm. Really. So I'm, I'm I so agree with you, girl. That's why I'm so stoked to be here. Well, kick us off, girl. Tell us. Let's get the day started. Tell us who is Duan, what do you do, why do you do that, and how can we connect with what you do? Well, so my name is Dawn Benton Twyford. I am known as America's most sought-after real estate investor. And way back, like way back, over 30 years ago, um, I was married. I had a baby. I went through a very unexpected divorce. And, uh, and my husband, you know, he was pretty much a butt. And he had the money, the car. He just bailed on me, basically, and left me with an eight-month-old daughter. And I was 30 years old, and in my 20s, let's just say I was wild, it was the 80s, it was cocaine, it was drinking, it was champagne, it was clubbing, 
I was completely a full-grown wild teenager all the way up till I gave birth to this child. So I, I was very irresponsible, just a whole lot of things. And all of a sudden, now I have a baby. I was like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? i gotta, I got to work and figure it out you know, and, and whatever. And so that actually led me to become a real estate investor because I was looking for something I could do for my home. I did not want to raise my daughter in daycare. And I always like to preface and say, like, hey, listen, ladies, if you raise your kids in daycare, there is no shame in that at all. But for me personally, I waited till I was 30 to have kids. I really wanted to be the homeroom mom, the Girl Scout mom, you know, the, the mom that makes the cookies. Like, I wanted to be that person. And now that dream was squashed in front of me, as well as the dream of marriage, like, it was all squashed in one second. And I thought, well, I still want to do those things, so what do I need to do? And um, I met some people that were fixing up and rehabbing houses, and I thought, oh, rehabbing. And they pick them up, they decorate them. That sounds like fun. I can decorate. I didn't realize right. rehabbing meant physically putting in kitchens, cabinets, <laughs> carpet, paint, things, toilets. I thought it was like I was just a – I truly from the bottom of my soul thought I was just going to fix these houses up and decorate them and sell them and make all this crazy money. So um, it was it was not like that. <laughs> But I moved into the first house. I lived in it, and I fixed it up, and I had my daughter with me. I thought, wow, this is so fun because she's little. You know, she's toddling, and she's playing, and we're listening to Disney sing-along songs on and on and over and over, over and over, and to the point I was like, oh, my gosh, if I hear one more Disney song, I'm going to have to kill something. Just forever. But it kept her entertained. <laughs> and we would play in the house, and I would work in rehab, and she would color and paint on the walls and just all kinds of stuff. And we had a good time. And I made $22,000 in my first house, and I thought, well, there's no place I can work. I mean, we're talking you know, 32 years ago. Where am I going to work and make eighteen thousand or $22,000 in a deal in, like, six months? Right. So I thought, okay, I found something. I can do this. She can be with me. No daycare. We live in these houses. We fix them. So until she started kindergarten, we moved. I'd fix the house, sell it, and we'd move into another one, fix it, sell it, move, 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 move. And she just rolled, and she learned as she grew up as well. She just rolled with the punches, mm. and and it was and it was fun. And so then, so my heart, my first couple of deals, I, you know, and I always like to tell people like clearly my first couple of deals, it really was all about the money for me because you know I had a baby. But after I did two or three or four deals, I started realizing that these people I'm talking to, they're in foreclosure. Almost all of them are women. Their husbands have left. They've got the kids. And, you know, and I was like, hey, listen, I just went through a divorce. Too. Like, I feel you. And I started realizing that these people have nobody to be an advocate for them. They're all sitting here in their houses. Some of them don't even have, like, phones on anymore. And they're tight on groceries. And their men aren't stepping up. And I thought, you know what? I can help these women. And I can make money for myself. So a few deals in, I started doing it for the helping aspect, and I knew if I did the right thing and helped people, the money would come to me. And now 2,000 deals later, my husband and I are fixing up an entire town. Whoa, I love that. Yeah, please share with us. Tell, tell them about the town. You and I got to talk about the town, but nobody really understands what you mean when you go, we're fixing up a town. Tell them that little story. So just quickly. Uh, my husband is from Clinton, Iowa, and I'm from West Milton, Ohio. So we were both raised in the Midwest, you know, from those good, solid, working, the Midwestern kind of parents. 
And Clinton, Iowa is a little town. It sits right on the Mississippi River. So it's a river town. And the downtown used to be bustly and people did all the shopping. It was just this amazing downtown. And I don't know, 20 years ago, like they took the, the land <clears throat> way out of town. They put a casino out there. They put the Walmart out there. They put all the restaurants. They built like six hotels. And they built up like out there, like out away from the river. And the downtown basically just kind of got abandoned. And so we were there for many high school reunions, but each time I could see the town was just like a little more desolate. So this last reunion, which was four years ago, I said, you know, we should do something. Like buy these towns and we'll try to rejuvenate this little downtown. People love to antique shop and go to boutiques and farmer's markets and have restaurants and make it like a trendy little town. We, sh we should look into doing buying a few buildings. So we talked to the downtown coalition, found out what they had, how much grant money they had, things they would do, things they would not do. And we're like, you know what? We're going to buy like two buildings and we're going to start the process. Well, 24 months later, <laughs> we bought 15 buildings. <laughs> so we officially own one third of the downtown because it's three blocks wide and three blocks deep. It's just a little downtown right on the river. We own 30% uh, of the downtown. Wow. And we're working and we're uh, building and like one of the buildings we, we wanted to help bring. So we have to be, we, you know, our, our thought is we want to bring business down. So like I don't want to rent to like the mattress store that doesn't bring people down. We need antique right. malls and farmer's markets and restaurants. So we're very careful who we rent the spaces to. And to kind of jumpstart the downtown, we actually opened up uh, an antique mall. <laughs> so we... So I tell you, Stacey, in the last year, I opened an antique mall, a clothing boutique, and a farmer's market that I own the building and run the business. I was like, what am I doing? I know nothing about that stuff. So now, I have, now I'm a super entrepreneur because I've got my buildings, my commercial, my rentals. I do my training, my teaching, and I'm running three businesses. Wow. It's crazy. But it's so much fun. We're having so much fun. And you can physically go on the street and feel the vibe is different. People are down shopping all the time. Sometimes four, five, six hundred people a day come in. And in the beginning, if we got two customers a day, we were doing good. And the whole downtown and four or five other investors have now come in. And the whole downtown is literally turning around right before my eyes. Mm. Don't you love the way the energy on the That sounds like fun. It's so much fun. At first, I was like, oh, you know, we got three or four. I'm like, okay, well, we can do that. Then there was like a couple more deals that came along. I'm like, oh, well, we could do that. And then people heard we were buying buildings. So a couple of the ladies, there's two sweet little ladies that are like 78, and they go, hey, our husband's died. They each own three buildings. They go, we want to move to Florida together. We'll sell you our buildings, and we'll just own a finance them. You don't even have to give us any money. Just send us payments to Florida. And I was like, whoa, I can't say no to that. So they didn't have oh, yeah. any money down. They signed the billings over to us. We make them a monthly payment. They moved to Florida. They said, we're never coming back. Don't default on your mortgage payment. And they just left. And we got six buildings with that $1 out of our pocket. That is so it's like, well, how do you say no? And that's how you get to 15. <laughs> so ah, It's crazy. This is all very fascinating to me because I think that house flipping and investment, I think it's super cool. But, so you are from a generation 
right before mine. And I'm a baby boomer. And I am in the generation right before it got super cool to do everything online. Mm. So are you a gen are you a gen X? Yes. I am I'm a, I'm a 80s baby. Yeah. Nice. And so how do we with your enthusiasm, your information, your knowledge, how do we bridge that gap between your generation and the generation after mine? So are we talking like the millennials and the Gen Xers and things? Yes, because I, that, I, I mean, God bless everybody, and excuse me if this offends anybody, but my generation didn't eat Tide Pods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mine did not either. <laughs> so, and not to say we didn't do our fair share of drugs, but they weren't Tide Pods. You know, I, the gas question I thought was I was really interesting, and I, I really put a lot of thought into that because I thought, well, I don't want to offend anyone, but but uh, you know, you know, when you're older, you can look back and you can say, okay, I can see this and this and this and this. And so I was raised in the Midwest. I had a very strong worth ethic, um, and I had to work for every single thing that I have. You know, if I wanted to make money, I had to work in the garden. If I wanted to make money, I had to feed the animals and the cows and the pigs. And if I didn't want to make money, I had to still do it anyway because that was, you know, is what you do to live there. So I was never handed anything. I worked for every single thing that I had. And I feel like some of the younger generations today, and no offense to any of you, but I honestly feel looking back at my childhood versus what kids are, and my kids are all, all millennials. They're all in their 30s. And my kids didn't get anything handed to them either. They had to work for everything that they have. And I feel like the thing that's missing, what I personally see, is personal responsibility. People don't want to accept personal responsibility. They want to blame, you know, anything. Oh, it's because of, you know, I got fired from 10 jobs. It's like, well, you got fired from 10 jobs. You're the common denominator. If you've been married six times, you're the common denominator. It's not these bad guys or my bosses are terrible. If all these things happen to you, so take personal responsibility, figure out what you're doing, and make changes about it. And I feel like if everybody in the country, worldwide, I assume, if they would just learn how to go back to the days of like, oh, okay, well, I totally messed that up. It's my fault. I take personal responsibility. I'm going to fix it. I feel like we would have a better, a better society in general. You know, and the thing is, people I feel are also afraid to step out because everyone's so worried about everyone's going to say about them and social media. And I always say, listen, if you succeed or fail, you still win because you learned a lesson. So you fail, it's a win. You go, hey, don't do that again. If you succeed, you're like, hey, that's a lesson. Let me try that more and see if it keeps working. So I feel like even successes and failures are learning and by learning and doing and being responsible for your own self that is how you gain your wisdom i personally feel like you can read all the books and all the people all the world who are all so wise but i feel like the wisdom comes through our own personal trial and error you know i look back when i was in my 20s and i thought gosh if my kids were out clubbing and doing drugs every night i'd have killed them all and, you know, but then I had, a, I had a baby and I had to straighten up and, you know, and, and, and my daughter is my hero. She helps me grow up. 
and she she taught me how to be responsible when she was a baby because I had to spend for myself all the way around. I had no one to help me out. And so my daughter is my hero, and she helped me grow up. And I look back now, and I can say I'm wiser than I was in my 20s and 30s, my 40s, and I'm wiser than I was even in my 50s. And I'll probably, hopefully, be wiser even when I'm in my 70s. But I think even when you think you're all grown up and you got it, you can look back a decade and go, wow, I didn't have it back then either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying to get it, aren't I? (laughs) Oh, it's so true. And then now I'm a grandmother, so I'll say, okay, now I'm navigating a whole new thing. And, you know, so I, I just feel like what's missing, to boil it down, it's personal responsibility. It's too easy to blame other people, too easy to blame anybody, social media, just anything, 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 instead of saying, okay, I could possibly be the reason I have all this stuff in my life that's not good. It could actually be me. I should take personal responsibility for myself, assess what's happening, and stop blaming everybody for all my problems. Amen. You know, one of the things, Lauren, that I use. I'm sorry, Kathy, go ahead. Can we just take a second and celebrate the fact that somebody nailed that right on the head? (laughs) Oh, thank you. I mean, my kids, you know, my kids, this is what I told my kids when they're all, because, you know, when I married Bill, he had two kids. I didn't marry him until uh, my daughter was 13. So I was a single mom by myself for 13 years, building a business. I had 15 rentals. I had a house paid for. I had a car. I had a boat. I mean, I was rocking. And so now I meet Bill, and he has two kids. So now we have Three. Well, now I've never had three kids. I have one. So when the lamp gets broken, I know who did it. <laughs> you know. Right. Now we have three kids, and something happens, and I was like, hey, who did this? They're all, not me, not me. I said, okay, listen, here's the rule. If you don't fess up and tell the truth and take personal responsibility, I'm going to ground all three of you. I'm going to spank all three of you, and that way I know I got the right person. Yeah, there you and go. And then they would all go, okay, I did it. I was like, okay, now see, when you fess up, you actually don't get punished. You may get a talking to, but you're not going to get punished for telling me the truth. But if you lie, I'm going to punish all three of you, and they'll know it's you. The other two will know it's you. So I forced my kids into personal responsibility. They got away with nothing. Hmm. Nothing. What great, and you know what? They're great, they're great kids. You know, what great parenting advice. What great parenting advice. I've heard you say two things about parenting advice that I will carry with me. A, personal responsibility, and B, make your children portable. The conversation we had the other day when you talked about making your children portable was valuable information. So, no, thanks. And it, my grandkids are the same way. It's like, hey, listen, we're going to go run around all for eight hours. We're not stopping and going back and putting them in the bed for a nap. Bring the crib, throw it up wherever we are, and make them go to sleep. Because they'll do yeah. what you teach them. And right. I, my daughter was, you know, sleeping in rehab. Like, when it would be time for her to take a nap, I was like, there you go. I put her in a room and pop up her crib and throw in whatever she wanted, and she'd just go to sleep. So she went everywhere, and she could sleep anywhere. And to this day, she can sleep or run with right. the biggest dogs. There you go. Okay, so let's pull this all back in, Dawn, and let's talk about a – I've got a page full of notes just of the wisdom and those little pieces of gold that you share that you might not even notice that you're throwing out. But I think our listeners are going to be taking the same. I think there's a lot of mind candy in the conversation we've had today, and I so appreciate your wisdom and you sharing it with us. It's just a breath of fresh air. So no, let's turn thank to you, table. Stacey. Let's, I appreciate that. 
You're welcome. Let's turn the tables for just a second. But before we do, I do want to ask you a question. One thing we didn't get to a while ago, could you please share your contact information with our listening audience so they can, oh, they can reach yes. you if they would so, like to? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I did forget that. So my name is Dwan, D-W-A-N. So I did a play on my name, and uh, my website is called dwanderful.com. And then my podcast is called The Most Wonderful Real Estate Podcast Ever. Yes, who just doesn't want to be who just doesn't want to be wonderful and fantastic? I love it. I can see you dancing across your yard in a just wonderful way. I just that's you right. just have with my pink hair. Yes, ma'am. Well, that's it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. So let's turn the tables on you for just a minute, okay? And let's mm. ask you to stand on the podium and and don the cape for just a minute, and let's cape you as a hero, because I would venture to believe that you are a hero in more than one life. No, thank you. I would really like to think so. I would like to think I make a really good influence on the people I meet, the people I work with, the people I help, especially my kids and my grandkids and, and my parents. And I would like to think that people look at me like that way, but if they don't, it's okay because I take enough personal responsibility and now I do the best I can. If that's not good enough for everybody else, it's okay because it's good enough for me. Amen, girlfriend. At the end of the day, that's what counts. Yeah, at the end of so, the day, you got to go to bed, and you got to worry about your own stuff. You can't be people-pleasing. That's the thing, people-pleasing. That falls yeah. back to just take personal responsibility, stop trying to please everybody, because the person who ends up being unhappy, it is you. Yes, amen. What valuable, valuable knowledge and information and just wisdom that is for people to pick up today. Okay, so, Dawn, I'm going to ask you, if this was your moment and the world was your stage, when you take that platform and don that cape underneath, what does your T-shirt say, Don? What is your one-line statement to the world? Well, uh, I'm going to give the sign-off that I give on my podcast. I do my podcast. I have a sign-off at the end of every show. And my sign-off is, the truth is in the red letters. The truth is in the red letters. Explain mm-hmm. that. Well... Uh, what do you think it means? The truth is in the red letters. Hmm. What an interesting concept to think about. It is. People email me all the time. They go, what does that mean? What does that mean? I'm like, well, you research it for a week, and if you can't figure out, I'll tell you what it means. So, Kathy, are you with us? The truth is in the like red letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The truth is in the red letters. It's interesting, right? You know, I mean, if I think if I think about what it means to be the truth is in the red letters, my heart goes back to the Bible because that's 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 God's word. That's when He speaks, He speaks in red. That's in exactly what it is. If the words that Jesus spoke were all in red. And if you go back and you read everything Jesus said, Christian or not, you go back and read everything Jesus said, the truth, the parables, everything we need to live a good life are in those red letters. I love that. That is exactly what it means. But a lot of people write and say, I can't figure it out. I mean, we'll just, you know, look around and Google red letters for a week or two. If you can't figure it out, call me back. And then other people are like, oh, my gosh, those are the words of Jesus. I'm like, yes, they are. Mm -hmm. Because I've read the Bible a million times through, and everything in the red letters, there's not a single piece of bad advice in there. 
how to treat your husband, your spouse, your kids, how to run a business, how to treat people, like every single thing, how to love yourself, love your neighbor, like every single thing that is good living advice for all people. It's in the red letters. That's beautiful. You know, that's good. Dawn, we've done 158 interviews. And we have 158 different quotes. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that that one is a, that's a phenomenal quote. That is mind candy itself. And one day I will have a T-shirt that says that because I want to be able to tell that story. I can't, that, that gave me shivers. That gave me chills. That, that, that oh. beautiful. Yeah. That is so Thank cool. Thank you. What, and what uh, a great conversation piece. It is. It is. And, you know, it's funny because I, uh, I do a lot of speeches, you know, in front of presentations and stuff like that. And I always then I say, hey, guys, listen, remember, the truth is in the red letters. I've had so many people that go, hey, I'm a pastor, and I've never heard anybody say that. I tell people, if you're going to read the Bible, start with Matthew, Mark, you, Luke, and John. And I'm going to tell every single person from now on, just read the red letters and see where it leads you. So I'm not trying you know, to, like, bottle thump people. I'm not anything. I'm like, listen, you don't have to believe in anything. You, you could be a mother. You could be anything. Read the red letters and see how you feel about it because everything in there is how we should live our best life. Those are the core values. Yeah, they're the core values of our best life, being the best person, the best life. It's in the red letters. And see, to me, And thank you for yeah. saying that because... I, uh, before I started my podcast, I literally, I spent six months, I'm like, listen, I need a good sign off. It's got to be something powerful. It's got to be something people won't figure out. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And one day I was reading the Bible and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the red letters. That's what I'm going to tell people. It's in the red letters. That's where the truth is. And boom, there it came. And now I've said it for 170 podcasts. <laughs> Dude, that's Very beautiful. Cool. Yeah. And it makes There's people have to that. think for a minute. Yeah. yeah, you know, there, there's a book I mean, in that for you on, uh, on, on just what that means. Think about what those words mean from that journey that you've taken from that little girl to today. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for that. I, I'm going to accept that compliment and feel honored that you all think that. And I'm happy that it, it took you a minute to think about it because, you know, you, you have to think about it for a minute. And the right. Bibles today, they're all online. So if you read your Bible online, it doesn't have any red letters. So right. the, the, the kids, the younger kids that go, oh, yeah, I get a Bible study on my phone every day, they don't have any red letters. So as time right. goes on, they won't know what that means unless they're physically holding books. And, you know, the younger generations, they read everything on their, on their pads and stuff. So, hmm. To me, that's the gap right there is the red letters. Yeah. Thank that's you. I, I feel really honored that you guys said that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's really cool. Thank you for sharing it with us. Well, Duane, I don't know about anybody else, but I am absolutely honored to have been able to have you as a guest today and to engage in this conversation with you, to take this page of notes. And you have enriched my heart. Absolutely. Um, Kathy, mm. anything you'd like to say in closing? I think that everybody listening should absolutely take notes. And if you did, you need to go back and listen and take notes because that is some solid advice. Thank you, girl. That, honestly, it makes me feel honored that you allowed me to be one of your uncaped heroes and get to tell the world my daughter's my hero and talk about my red letters, my personal responsibility. And those are kind of things like yeah, I, I live my life on that. And, you know, at the end of the day, Dwan, that's the story that they'll tell about you, and that's 
you know that you have a solid legacy, right? I do believe that that legacy is the story that your grandchildren tell about you. And what a beautiful story they're going to have to tell. Oh. Oh. So I should hope they call me that instead of the crazy old lady with pink hair. <laughs> you know See, what? As long as I'm the queen of the unicorns, I'll be safe for life with my grandkids. <laughs> you are absolutely right. So, Dwayne, thank you again for your time and for joining us. Kathy, thank you again for being here with us today. It is a, an honor and a pleasure for me to co-host this podcast side-by-side side with you every day as we, as we find these uncaped heroes and get to put their cape on for just a moment. Today's broadcast thank you, Kathy. Is thank you, Stacey. You, My uh, honor today. Today's, today's broadcast you. is brought to you by uh, uh, Enlighten Up, guided by Grace and the Hero Builder. If you know somebody that we need to talk to, if you know a story we need to hear, or if you would like to share your own, please reach out to us at HeroBuilder2020 at gmail.com.